0: Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Dana Street, and our special guest for today, Amy Hale. Well, in this week's study, the beginning, his story in Genesis 1 through 11, we looked at the fall of mankind, the moment sin entered the world and disrupted God's perfect creation. But praise God, the advent of sin is only a part of the greater story of redemption through Jesus Christ. As we read this week, sin is man's ruin. Christ is God's remedy. You're listening to The Afterword. Well, ladies, this was <laughs> it's a powerful session. The music fits so beautifully with what we were studying, mm-hmm. in God's word. Mm-hmm. And oh my, even though there's great ruin and destruction with Genesis chapter three, it's not the end of the story. Yeah. And there's life. Beyond the garden.
1: Yes, there is. There's life after the fall. That's right. And I think that's the message that we as women in particular need to hear, is that we are not the mistakes that we have made, because we've all made mistakes. We have all blown it. And God in His faithfulness has restored us in His Son, Jesus. And that's the freedom that is there. As we come to Christ and present ourselves It's the whole just as I am, Mm -hmm. but that your blood was shed for me. I just come, Lord. Amen. Amy, Mm -hmm. you're
0: one
2: of our small group leaders.
0: So how was your small group discussion time today?
2: It was very spirited. My ladies Mm -hmm. have very diverse background, and they all came from different walks of life and each have different struggles. So Mm -hmm. we were able to just encourage each other and sharpen each other in the Word. That's wonderful.
0: Well, Amy, you're married to David Mm -hmm. and mother of two beautiful girls, Abby and Annabeth, and one of our small group leaders, an amazing volunteer, and you make the most delicious and Mm. beautiful (laughs) cookies. Yes, most definitely. (laughs) Most of us have ever seen or tasted. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little bit of your backstory, but we are delighted to have you with us this morning.
1: Thank you. And Mm. we just like to hear some of your story. I think our ladies have eaten your cookies. (laughs) I don't know if they eat them. I think I've got Several of yours up on my shelf. I've had a lot saved them, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're but, works of art, for sure. <laughs> thank you.
1: Would you just kind of walk us through how you came to know the Lord?
2: Well, that's a big story in itself. The Lord has given me many chapters. I came to know the Lord. It's been almost 12 years. I'm about to celebrate a birthday. Wow. And prior to that, I went through my life doing things according to what I thought was right. Mm. And as with any good story, you have to start at the beginning if mm. you want to have the proper context. My parents, they were married in the late 60s, and they had three children, and I was the only girl. Sandwich between two brothers, and I became a tomboy and tended to gravitate around the boys pretty much all my life. And I took on the ways of the boys being independent and doing the things that, mm-hmm. you know, rough and tumble stuff. And my dad had taught us that, you know, we got to take care of ourselves, but family is always there. Family's mm-hmm. going to take care of you too. So that's the life I lived up until probably I was about 40 years old. It was in October of 2009 when the Lord orchestrated circumstances in my life as an unwed mother to bring me back to Memphis. I lived in a couple of different states and just trying to seek identity anywhere I could. And he stripped me of everything that I held dear and everything that gave me a sense of purpose and left me in a place of brokenness and gave me an opportunity for rest. He brought me back to Memphis and my daughter Abigail and I, she's 16 now. We moved in with my parents and she was able to spend that time getting to know my parents and Mm -hmm. and get to know her grandparents because she hadn't had much interaction with them since we lived in a different state. And during that period, the Lord, you know, just impressed on me that there was more missing, you know, that I needed something else that I could not find. And we started attending Bellevue and we sat in the balcony. And for the first couple of weeks, you know, I just observed and I just kind of looked for people that I grew up with and just Mm -hmm. people watched really because I had a good vantage point from the top of the balcony. <laughs> but then I met a dear friend, and she brought me down to the second row, the mm. third week we were here. And I became really captivated with what was happening up on the altar, and she gave me a very concise explanation of what was happening. I can't tell you what the sermon was about that day, mm. but I released it all that day. Mm. And I came to know the Lord, and it's just I hit the ground running pretty much. I felt like I had missed out on so much for so long. and. I just asked the Lord, you know, to put me on the fast track, teach me the language, show me what I needed to know. So he saw fit to put me in all the right places. And he put people in my life, spiritual parents, if you will. And in that time, shortly thereafter, my mother passed away. She had a lengthy illness. And I learned to rely on the Lord at that point and find peace and rest in his presence. And five years after that, the Lord suddenly took my brother, my older brother. And during that time, my father and I, We started spending a lot of time together. We would, you know, have lunch every week, and it just became a routine for us, texting all day. It was just remarkable that my dad could figure out how to text, but, (laughs) you know, he did, and we maintained contact, and we were able to forge a different relationship Mm -hmm. than one we had never known before, and he became very familiar with the things that were dear to me, and, you know, primarily Jesus. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of conversations about who Christ was and who God is to me and what Mm -hmm. He's done in my life. Through that period, those five years after my brother died till now, my dad, I think he came to a point of resolve and rest, and he knew that I was taken care of, and he didn't have to be the authority in my life any longer. He didn't have to worry about provision. But my dad had fallen ill at the beginning of this year, and his health had rapidly declined. And in June, he had reached a point where he felt that he didn't feel comfortable to drive anymore, he didn't feel it was safe, he had been working with his doctors to find the right balance of medication, to deal with the issues that he had. Nothing major. I mean, just a lot of nuisance things that just kept popping up. And he was getting very discouraged about it. But we made the decision, my husband and I, David, we decided that it was time for him to move into our house. So we took everything we had in our empty room that was our storage room and took it into the dining room. And our house was in complete disarray, but we made room for my dad. And um, we presented him a new room with a bed and all the furnishings on Father's Day. Oh, wow. Mm. So that was the day he officially moved in with Mm. us. And 30 days later, my dad took his life. And I found him in my backyard. And Mm. it's true to form for my dad because he made sure that he took care of everything. I mean, he did not leave anything undone. Mm. And my dad, he had his Bible with him. Mm. And he also had left a note, which was very concise, but it provided the instructions that my younger brother and I needed to continue on. Mm. And the biggest part of that was that he had accepted Jesus as a Savior. Mm. Mm. Initially, when I found him, you know, I was riddled with confusion because I knew the pain that my dad had lived through his entire life because his own father died in the same tragic manner. And through the confusion, I mean, there was just so much pain. It's just Emotions I didn't even realize existed, but it took me to a depth of sorrow that I didn't think was possible. But in that moment, I realized that, you know, my dad made a sinful choice and there's so many other things that are wrapped up in it. And the aftermath are the consequences of that sinful choice. I don't know when exactly my dad accepted Christ, but I do know that he was not discipled and he didn't have the knowledge that he would have needed to be able to you know, fight the temptations to to give in to that. But I, I believe he was just to a point of discouragement. And I felt guilt initially. And then I, I realized that, you know, I have to forgive my dad and I guess extend grace too, because he did the best he could. But I was upset that he wasn't living out the faith and he didn't know better. I mean, I just felt guilty that I didn't have the time to really formally mm-hmm. disciple him, y'all. Yeah. I mean, I was intending to Go through the study with my dad yeah. and take him back to the beginning and see what God had done. But God had a different plan and His sovereignty and His design. He has used that experience in my life to reveal a lot of things that He wants to work in me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, shortly after the police had left, after they had completed their investigation, the preliminary one, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people came to my house. I mean, I was just blown away by the generosity and just the presence of the family of God. And it gave me a period of rest. And it gave me time for the Lord to speak to me. And the Gospel of John tells us that the whole world cannot contain all the things that Jesus did, I mean, throughout his 33 years. Mm. And y'all, I'm just talking about hours in my life. Mm. I mean, it got to the point where I had to start writing things down, Mm. the things that the Lord was showing me, because I couldn't keep up. Mm. And I, I didn't want to forget a thing. So there's been a lot of lessons and there's been a lot of different directions. It's a very complex time and a very complex season. And I mean, it's definitely not linear. I mean, God is showing me one thing after the other all over the place. I feel like in that moment when my friends came over to the house, it solidified the understanding of who the family of God is and who the body of Christ is Mm -hmm. and how they come along and they lift you up. And they hold up your hands and they keep you going just to meet every single need of not only my family, but my brother's family. And they ministered to him in such a way to show him who Jesus was Mm -hmm. as well. It was just an immeasurable blessing. And I just, I can't get over just the magnificent sight of how God has moved through the people of, you know, the family of God and the people that I've come to know through many different areas of ministry, just serving the Lord. Through the last 12 years, I've always felt it was necessary for me to remain engaged and do some sort of Bible study because that kept me immersed in the Word, because I am prone to wander, and I know that I can definitely revert to my own line of thinking, Mm. and I have to stay away from that and keep the things of God at the forefront and be about the Father's business. But through my Father's death, I mean, I've, I've just learned a lot about forgiveness and just reconciling who my earthly Father was in relation to my Heavenly Father and just his sovereignty and his provision and how he loves me so unconditionally. I mean, my father modeled all that to me without even knowing it. It's incredible how he has written my story. And the best part of it is, you know, it's it's not over and it's a happy right. ending. Yes, that's yes. right.
1: And God wastes nothing absolutely, in our story.
2: Absolutely.
0: I mean, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. And there are other people listening who have probably walked this exact same path. If it's not with a parent, it could have been with a spouse or mm-hmm. a child, and you said the Lord really revealed Himself and spoke to you during this time. or is there some things in particular that might be a word of encouragement for someone who's facing something similar?
2: Well, the Lord is—He's a miracle worker, I can tell you that. In my paralysis of grief, I can tell you that He showed me some tangible things. Primarily, it's remarkable to say it that there were some tomato plants that I had bought my dad back in May, and he had told me that he wasn't going to have the strength to do the gardening. So he told me to take them home, and I was negligent to keep them watered, and they got to a point of being withered, and I went a few days looking at them and just being so busy with just the minutiae of caring for my dad and just everything that I, I just didn't make it a priority. And... I pretty much wrote him off. And the night after my dad was taken away, I saw those plants and I saw that those leaves had blossomed and there were flowers on some of the other plants. And the Lord just, He told me, this is about resurrection. He says, oh, I'm bringing beautiful. new life through yes. this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were many other things that I just, I could go on and on. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that primarily, I mean, just things like that. He just showed me over and over through the things in my world and my environment that He was with me. And His presence was there. And it was so tangible that we were walking hand in hand. And it gave me an opportunity to disciple my girls and show them that. Yes. Each day I started, I mean, as they were going through their own struggles, I let them know, you know, God is in this. Mm -hmm. Every day, let's wake up and let's look for His goodness because it's there. Mm -hmm. And so they were seeing it in their own life. And it, it became a point of topic of conversation in the evenings. What did God show you today? Where was He good in your life? And they always had something that He had revealed to them. But my younger daughter, you know, she was really struggling a lot with it. And it's to the point where she's in fourth grade now, and she's come to a an understanding of God's character, and that He is good, and He only does good. And He's working all this together for our good. And I go back to Romans 8, 28. It, it's my life verse. It's the first verse that the Lord showed me when I was saved, that in Proverbs 3, verse 5, God works all these things together for our good and for His glory. And initially, I was really upset that God gave me such a generic verse that fits everything. And He was faithful to show me the entire chapter. Yes. and it doesn't get much better than Romans no, chapter 8. It doesn't. <laughs> and it's become, you know, just His promises are true. Yes. And He is faithful mm-hmm. in all He does. And I've come to cling to that and just rely on His mm-hmm. promises and just wait for the rest of the story. It's just amazing what he's done. And just, I know that I don't have to go through this alone. That's right.
1: Amen. Well, Amy, what an incredible, incredible story. And I can tell you, I was there that day Mm -hmm. and I watched you respond. I watched you take the love. I know that it was difficult because you said to me, this is really hard. I'm not used to people doing things for me. But I also watched you with your girls,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: walking them through what was a very difficult time, and you did an awesome job.
2: Thank you. And I know
1: you're continuing, as you said, discipling them through that. So thank you so much for just the hope, Mm -hmm. sharing the hope that you have found in Christ Mm -hmm. as you're walking through this dark time, and for giving those, like Donna said, who may be walking through something similar, some instruction Mm -hmm. of how to help those who are around you walk with you.
2: Well, God doesn't waste anything, and thank you for reminding me of that. When you came over, I remember that, you know, my house was in complete disarray because we, I mean, I had just come off making a wedding cake and just trying to get my dad moved in so everything was not where it should have been. So when you have a multitude of people descend on your home, initially I felt, you know, an intrusion, and I felt that I needed to protect what I had. Mm. And the initial response was just to try to tell everybody I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay you don't need to be here. But I received it because the Lord spoke to me so clearly and told me to let the church be the church. And through that period, I was able to get to a point of realization and release. And I was able to identify that there's so many parts of me that still need work. And I had come to fiercely protect the dark corners of my heart and By doing that, that kept a lot of people from knowing who I really am authentically. And I think more than anything, God has created us for relationships. Amen. Not only with Him, but with each other. Yes. Right. And if we have boundaries to where we don't let people cross, we're never going to be able to live in that freedom and fulfillment that God has designed. So that night I was able to release my house to some very dear friends that the Lord had brought to me. A couple of years ago, I mean, knowing that that day would come and I had a safety and a trust in them that I was able to leave my home and give them the opportunity to tidy up and make Mm -hmm. some order in the chaos. And that was just the beginning of of God doing the work and tearing down that stronghold. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, you're a server.
2: So you understand yes. that, hey, I do. people want to come yes. in because they
0: love you. Yes. And a lot of times that's just a tangible thing that you can do mm-hmm. is to either bring food or to help to clean up or to mm-hmm. help just even as people are coming and dropping things off or somebody to facilitate all mm-hmm. of that for you. So you don't have to, that you can just. Talk with someone, pray with someone, minister to your family while they take care of all the details. And that is a beautiful picture mm. of the family of God, Amy. And, you know, I think back because I knew you. When did we get to know each other? It wasn't long after you'd gotten saved, I don't think.
2: Yeah, it it would have been 2009. I think January is
0: when I began discipleship with you. And what intrigued me most about Amy is I knew she was a relatively new believer, but such an inquisitive and sharp mind. Mm. <laughs> Digging in, studying, absorbing everything like a sponge. Well, I was a deer in
2: headlights mostly, but I I felt that I needed to know the character of God. And that's what I was seeking. Mm -hmm. I was like, I had to figure this out once and for all.
0: She says she jumped right in. She jumped in with (laughs) both feet into discipleship, women's Mm -hmm. ministry, serving in the church, ministering with her girls. But the beauty of that is, Amy, is you're providing them not only a model, but you're also helping them learn how to disciple and give themselves away as they serve alongside you. And that becomes a part of who they are. I think that's one of the most important things we can do as parents Mm -hmm. is to take our children with us when we minister and give them jobs and let them Mm -hmm. be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: And the transforming power of Christ is so evident in your life. Yes. As for (laughs) all of those of us who see you, who know you, we're touched by that. And encouraged. And people
0: may not know that she won the Pink Palace gingerbread (laughs) contest one year with an open Bellevue singing Christmas tree sing. That was
2: unbelievable. That was my entry. It was December. I mean, I made that a month after I was saved. So, um, that that is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. I I just wanted to make sure that, you know, everybody knew Jesus was a part of who I was. Wow. um, It's just been amazing what the Lord's done. And He's allowed me to use those gifts and abilities to serve and share my love with other people. I don't know about you, but I cannot (laughs) wait to hear
1: what the next chapter in your story is going to be like. Well, hang on. Because I know it's going to be awesome.
2: God didn't do gentle with me. Amy,
0: thank you so much for joining us. Thank and thank you for your just your transparency mm-hmm. and how beautifully you have shared your own personal story and walk with Christ. And we see His faithfulness stamped all over you, but I also see your faithfulness to Him. So thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. Dana, would you like to close us in prayer?
1: Yes. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I thank you that even in the darkest Days of our lives there is more to the story and Father there's more to the story because of you and your faithfulness and your love and your son Jesus who makes all things whole Father I thank you for the beautiful story that you have written in Amy's life Lord thank you for her sharing that with us today and Lord I pray Father that you would use it in multiple lives as a form of encouragement and hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We bless you oh God in the name of your son Jesus we pray mm-hmm. amen amen
2: the Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis Tennessee For more Bible studies and other resources, visit Bellevue.org slash women.